in section four. And tonight we are so blessed to have Tim and Rachel Richmond. These are wonderful people, dear friends of my wife and I and our family. And we just love and appreciate the Richmonds so much. They are visionary leaders and passionate with purpose to see God do a work in the Detroit metro area. And in Michigan, there are things that are happening. Brother Tim Richmond, Pastor Richmond, pastors in Clinton, Michigan. And he started two churches and he's now the North American Missions Director of the Detroit Metro District. And we're excited that he is here with us in Kennett, Missouri at this revival rally in Section 4. Would you help me make my friend welcome as he comes to share the word of the Lord tonight? Put your hands together for the Lord and the ministry of Pastor Tim Richmond. God bless you. Take your liberty, friend. Let's all, let's all clap our hands under the Lord today. Hallelujah. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Stand for the reading of the word today, if we could. Why don't you turn to somebody and smile at them? Always like somebody smiling at you. It just makes you feel so good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So good to be here tonight in Kennett and Section 4 rally and to see all the pastors and ministers here. I know we wouldn't be here without pastors. How many know you need a pastor? Thank God for a pastor. I have a pastor. Thank God for my pastor. Can't make it without a pastor. Can't make it without a church. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever just thought about that? How God created the stars and the heavens, the oceans, the fish. But he could not, just by his spoken word, created human being, but he could not say, let there be a church in their church. He had to purchase the church. You can tell the value of something by what somebody's willing to pay for it. He gave his all that we might be here. The church is all of God's wisdom, all of God's energy, all of God's focus, everything God wants to do. It's not going to be done at the Moose Lodge or K through 12. It's going to be done through his church, through his local church in your city, through your pastor, through the ministry of your church. Thank God we are in a church. Can we just clap our hands and thank God for the wisdom of the church? This is what he, what he paid the price for is the church. Thank God for it. I'd hate to think where I would be without the church. Amen. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The grass withereth. The flower fadeth away, but the word of our God stands 
forever. Amen. You may be seated today. I can think of um, no better place than the Word of God to help us with the names of God. When you study the names of God, you see the majesty of God. When you look at that, you see the power of God through his names. Names matter. They matter in our lives and they matter in our world. They matter because they give us a clue of what we're looking at or what we're talking about. Names matter. When I say some names, you think of that person. If I was to say Tom Brady, you would think football. You wouldn't just think your mind just wouldn't be scattered about, you know, it's football. If I was to name Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, you would think rich. But names help us with people, places, and things. Names are, they carry with them an association. Parents agonize over the names of their children. Nobody names their child Adolf because it carries with it an association. I haven't heard anybody name their kid Stalin or Lucifer or, hey, come here, little Judas, because it carries with it a negative connotation because names carry with them meaning and association. When a woman takes the name of her husband, it tells us something about their relationship. Many of the hopes and dreams of that woman is tied up in that relationship, so she takes on her husband's name. We're even concerned with nicknames. Don't call me that, because they also carry with it an association, a connotation. And we don't go look for somebody, hey, a random person, hey, let me have your autograph. We want to go to a famous person because names mean something. If names mean there's something among people that come and go, names matter when it comes to understanding our God. You don't understand God through a chill bump, through a song. You understand God by reading his word. And he will tell you what it means. These names did not come out of thin air, but they came out as you begin to build the names in the Old Testament going on into the New Testament. You see that names came about when God was trying to tell his people who he was. And the power that he had. And the love that he had for them. Names matter. Some kind of names that we study about and we meditate on. And they bring peace and joy in our lives because they mean something to us out of the situation that we are currently in. What they mean and how, what, they, what, they, what matters and how they connect to our lives. That's why... They help us time after time again. And I want to talk to you today about the introductory name of our God. The name, the foundational name that he wanted to be known by. There's a lot the Bible says about names. It says in Psalms 81, 8 and 1, O Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. It says, subscribe to the Lord the glory, do 
his name. Psalms 111.9 says, holy and awesome is his name. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Has anybody ever recognized that his name is a strong tower? Has anybody ever witnessed in that moment that his name is a strong tower? In the Bible we read about the names of God because his names tell us something about him. And they affect every single one of our lives, his names. God has a plethora of names that describe who he is. God's name is designed to give us insight and clues and tell us a story of his nature and tell us what his association is in our lives. To simply say it tells us all there is to know about him. God does not want you to be blind or clueless or storyless about who he is. God is a God that wants to be known by his people. His names are not just nomenclature that we pronounce words, but they actually mean something and tell us something about how we handle his name, how we think about his name, when we say his name, and what his name can do in our lives. The Bible says, Jesus said, when they said, teach us to pray, he said, we're to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It means his name, church, is to be set apart. It is unique. It is sacred. I think about all the people in our world, in America, let's just go there, maybe just in Missouri, that used his name in vain. But we came in this place putting his name in a sacred place. It should not be on the low place of our lives, but his name needs to be on the high shelves of our lives. I don't just misplace his name or abuse his name when I'm angry, but I I love the name of Jesus. I, I honor the name of Jesus because his name is to be set apart. His name is sacred. To all of us. Come on, let's bless his name right now. Come on, somebody say the name of Jesus. Let's honor the name of Jesus here today together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your name. It really means, when it says hallowed be that name, it means that it's holding a unique position in our lives. Now, this might be a dumb analogy, but in our house we have paper plates, we have regular plates, and we have hollowed plates. The kind of plates that don't go in the dishwasher, they get hand washed. But we use paper plates when we don't feel like doing dishes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, maybe you like to do dishes, I don't know. And when we run out of paper plates, we go with the regular plates. But every once in a while, my wife Rachel will break out the hollow plates. Now, they have their own shelf. They have their own cabinet. 
And you don't use those plates unless you get permission to use those plates. His name isn't a paper plate that we just discard. His name isn't just a regular thing. His name is a sacred thing. I said it's a sacred thing in our lives. We honor that name. Hallowed be thy name. It means that his name is handled with care. It means we don't take the name of the Lord in vain or in jest or in a joke. We honor the name of Jesus. Genesis 11 tells us how they wanted to build a tower like no other. That they said that they wanted to build their own civilization, have their own religions independent from God. They wanted to do their own thing. This is what they said in Genesis 11 and 4. Let us build us a city, a tower, whose top may be reached under the heavens. Let us have a name. Least we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. They reasoned and they came together to build their own name. They wanted to build their own name. They wanted a name just not his name. So many people are even trying to live for God their own way. Using his name as it's a magical word. But we need to understand that his name is above every name in heaven and in earth. They wanted to build a, a tower, a God that, that reached the very heavens and build a name for themselves. It was man's way of t- getting the way to God, doing things how they wanted to do it in their own name. When we say, God bless America, but we don't say America bless God, there's a problem. Just people throw that name around and politicians throw that name around and they don't surrender to that name and they don't honor that name, but they use that name. They use it as nomoculture of just a throwaway word. They try to build hope without that name. They try to build a plan without that name. But can I tell you, it is the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus to wit God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Do you remember when you were saved? Do you remember the first time you went down in that watery grave of baptism in the name of Jesus? Do you remember when he filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Do you remember when he healed your child or when he healed your life? I want to tell you, it is the name of Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, church, clap your hands. Worship the name that's above every name, both in heaven and in earth. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning, God created heavens and earth. The Hebrew word for God is Elohim. It is 
the foundational name of God. It is by which he would build all names. It means powerful creator. In that one word, we are given an education in who God is. He is a creator. He is an all-powerful creator. The name builds on the rest of the names of God. This is, Elohim, is a fundamental name. It tells a story. He is the God that creates. It lets us know something about our God. That he is transcendent. That he is distant and unique from his creation. You cannot go down and worship a tree or a babbling brook. Or look at the landscape of a mountain or a sunrise and think that's God. That is not God. He is the creator of those things. He is distant. He is transcendent. Distinct from the things that he created in Genesis. It lets us know that he is Elohim. You cannot put him in his creation. He is separate from his creation. He's not a conglomerate of his creation. He is not to be mixed or merged or comboed or blended or united or combined. He is different and distinct from nature that he created. That is our God. He existed before creation. In the beginning, Elohim, all-powerful God, all-powerful creator, created heavens and the earth. He existed before, outside of heaven and earth. God existed. He is the creator of heaven and earth. Just Elohim created heavens. This is where the moon, the stars, where we get our seasons, where we get our time. God is not time. God stands outside of time. We are in time. We are prisoner of time. But God is 6 o'clock, he's 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, all at the same time. So I don't need know if you need him to go into your past and fix that or right now you need a miracle or you're going to need a miracle tomorrow. He's already in tomorrow. He's right here and he's in the past. God stands outside of time and space because he is the one that is all powerful. Oh, that's why I serve him. That's why I lean into him. Because he's the future. He's right now. And he's the past all at the same time. Why wouldn't you clap your hands unto him? Why wouldn't you lift your voice unto him? He is God, all-powerful creator. Created time and space and matter. So in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Matter. His he is the one that created it. He brought it to be from the beginning. He sits outside of time. Earth matter. 
He's not in matter. He created matter. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He didn't struggle with it. He just said, let there be. Now, he existed in infinity, in eternity before there was time. If you begin to think about that, you'll get a headache. So just stop thinking about it. Just listen to me. Have you ever just begin to think about it? It just blows out the back of your mind that he has always been. But at one time, he said, let there be light. There was no light until he said, let there be light. Who said that? Elohim. He said that. Let there be light. He said, you begin to see how he is speaking, how he is thinking, how he is creating things, how he's acting on his thoughts. He is feeling good about it. He said he saw everything. He said it is good. In fact, he said it is very good. This creator, Elohim, God creator, he's outside time and space. The Elohim walks into our time and space. And helps us and blesses us, wipes away our tears, fills us with his spirit in time and space. This is a God that is worthy of worship. Job 23, 24 says, can any hide himself in the secret place that I shall not see him, saith the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. He stands outside of time and space in his creation. You are not God. You're not even a demigod. You are his creation. We don't order him around. We serve him because he is the creator. He is Elohim, all-powerful Creator, but he steps in to our lives and performs miracles and touches our lives and brings peace into a troubled situation. That's our God. He creates something out of nothing almost every day in our lives. Has anybody ever experienced God just showing up right on time? Has God's spirit ever walked in to the hospital room? Has God ever walked into your room and your house, your car, and touched you? That's Elohim. That's God, the creator. Come on, let's witness that right now. God has touched me. God has healed me. God. That's the God that we serve. Job 12 says something unique. It says, ask the beasts, they shall teach. Ask the fowls, they shall tell thee. Speak to the earth, it shall teach. Fish shall declare, who knoweth not in all these things. The Lord's hand hath wrought them. It is God's hand that has brought these things to be. 
He is all powerful creator. All breath that mankind breathes is from God, the creator. Pastor, I don't need this. I I need a self-help message. Let me tell you what you need. The first thing we need before we get seven steps to this and five steps to that, two wiggles that way, you need to know who he is. You need to know who he is. There's so much that can happen in your life when you know who he is. I don't need a self-help message. Somebody preach and tell me about who he is and what he can do, the power that he has. Now, I want to just tell you something. It's been my experience. I know that God can come and deliver me out of any situation. Because as I began to think in Brother Sharon's office there, God has not delivered me too many times, snatched me out of trouble. What he has done is helped me through the difficulties. And when he helps me through the difficult, I learn to know my God is powerful. Nothing can destroy me. Nothing can set me back. Nothing can come up against me because my God has delivered me through that. And he's delivered me through this. I know God can get me to go all the way, the rest of the way of my life because he is God, all-powerful creator. Now, yes, God performs miracles, but most of the time, God helps us through. Gives us a word. Have you ever just come to church? I need a word from God. And when he gives you that word, all things change. And there's a new perspective. That's a miracle. God's word can do that. He can create something. You could have walked in this place with despair and agony and chaos in your life. One word from God can push all that away. Light can come shining into your life. There is a purpose. around, it's been around for a while, called repurpose. Finding a piece of furniture and repurposing it. Finding a property and repurposing it. Can I tell you, God's here today to repurpose. Maybe you had a purpose, but now you don't know what's going on. God can step into your life right now and you begin to pray and trust God. God can repurpose a life of waste, a life that doesn't know what they're doing. God can step in right now and create something in you that was not there when you walked through the door. That's the God that we serve. Elohim, all-powerful creator. He is the one that's here today to help us because he is creator. Elohim, even though you read Elohim, is, it is plural. But it doesn't mean that he's plural. It means that there's a plurality of his majesty. He's complicated. He's multidimensional. You can't figure God out. He does this and does that at his whim. He brings up and puts down. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I can't figure God out. There's a plurality of his majesty. There's a little scripture there tucked in Romans 8. that says we know that all things work together. I don't care if it's something in left field. I don't care if it's something that surprised you. All things. 
Not some things. Not things you plan. But all things. God can take the mistakes and the sin and the chaos that you created in your life. If you'll repent of that, God can step into all that and make a purpose out of it and turn it for good. For your good and for His glory, nothing can happen in our lives on this planet that can destruct what God wants to do in your life. Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, have some faith. Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, have some faith. Clap our hands under the Lord. All things, I said all things, work together for the good. There's just nothing like serving Him. There's nothing He can't do. There's no situation He cannot step in to and help us. In the beginning, God. He didn't fumble with it. He didn't say, oh my goodness, I'm running out of time. He is all-powerful creator. He is one. Hear you, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. The earth was formless. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God simply said, let there be light. Amen. You know what he's doing there? He's speaking to chaos. Right, Form and void means it was, it was what the Hebrews said. It's a swamp. It's wasteland. It's nothing. And God said, let there be light. Right. It's amazing how things come up against us and we get, it gets dark and it's all we can think about. We keep going over the same issue over and over and over again, getting nowhere. But God can sin. That's why we have church every Sunday. Hello. I said, that's why we have church to get our minds back on God. It was Asaph that saw how the, how the it wicked prospered. He saw it and was wondering. He said, my foot almost slipped, but until I went to the house of God, get in church. Get your mind back on God. Get it back on where you need to have it. Church is an important part of all of our lives. God can come in here and clean up the mess and Take away the confusion because sometimes life gets confusing. Life gets messy and it's full of trouble. But Elohim, that's who you need to know. You don't need to have seven steps to a positive mental attitude. You need to know God can do anything. If I begin to worship Him and pray to Him and lead my life into Him, not just on Sunday but every day of my life, there God can do something in my life. You know, Elohim, can I just say that's all you need to know. Out of the madness and mess came a miracle from Elohim. Out of all the things that God could have done to David, David prayed to God, create in me, a clean heart. That word create goes all the way back to Genesis. What he was saying, God, you did it then. You created something out of chaos and darkness. 
David said, it's not in me right now, Lord, but I'm asking you to create in me a clean heart. Do something that I cannot do myself. It was Nebuchadnezzar that said, I did this with my own hands. We, are, we should be shameful if we think we can do anything without him. A fool says in the heart, there is no God. But Elohim is here today. To help us, to put us back together again. As musicians come, I heard a story the other day that a plane started taking off the runway. It even got airborne. The problem is there was no pilot in the plane. They saw that the plane leveled off, perfectly leveled off. It was flying at a perfect speed, at perfect altitude. But the problem is there was nobody in the plane. About 90 miles later, that plane ran out of gas. See, sometimes we think we can make it on our own. Maybe you can get flight. Maybe you can steady off. But I want to tell you, there's going to come a time in your life that you run out of gas. When your strength can only take you so far. My strength may get me three steps. Your strength may get you ten steps. Somebody else may get twenty steps. But all of us are going to run out of gas. But it's God that helps us. It's Elohim that Create something in our lives that's not there. See, the hard thing to realize is you're sitting there cold, distant from what I'm preaching. But you don't realize there's a God that can step into your life and change everything. You know, there's times in our life that are before and after that changes everything I was talking to a friend that she said when she heard the word cancer there was pre-cancer and now it's post-cancer it just changed everything it happened to me a few weeks ago woke up at 6 in the morning could not use my arm. Now, I'm not as old as Donnie. This shouldn't be happening to me. And it was like I was dribbling a ball, and I was like, I was like looking at it. There was no connection to my mind, my arm. And I said, hey, Rachel, I can't use my arm. She goes, what? And then I started not being able to speak. Well, then the lights go on. She looked at me. She said, Tim, you're having a stroke. I went, I'm having a stroke. Jesus' name. Instantly. I'm going to tell you instantly. I got control of my arm. I couldn't do that. I didn't know what to do. I could feel myself sliding just... 
maybe in the, I don't know, just something, it's going the wrong way. In that room, just me and my wife, God created, came into that room. Has anybody ever run into a situation where you, there is nothing you can do? His name. I want to let you know that God can step into your life right now and create something that is not right now. If you have sin in your life, God can forgive you in a moment. If your family is at chaos and at odds, if you're struggling with some kind of an addiction, there's jealousy, anger, things got a hold of you, you're nervous, you're, you're striking out and doing things out of insecurity, God can come in and help you and create something that's not there. But before you leave here, you can have it. Because he's God, all-powerful creator. Here today, although he steps outside of time and space, he's willing, wants to step into our lives and lay his hand on his church. That's what he's here today to do. Let's all stand together. David had, I would say, Bathsheba was, in my opinion, was raped. David had all the authority, power, took something that was not his. Then, to make matters worse, she gets pregnant. To make matters worse, this is what we do as human beings. We keep making things worse. Has Uriah come home and tries to get some drunk and tells him to go. He, he's a man, even when he's drunk, of integrity, would not go, trying to cover up his sin. And I don't know what crossed his mind, but he's thinking, well, now i got to kill the guy. Writes a letter. The wickedness of it, he writes the letter, folds the letter, puts the seal, and has the man, Uriah, deliver his own death sentence. Put him at the front of the line, David says. Everybody will know that when the trumpet sounds, it is to retreat. But Uriah will be told it means to go forward. So the man that Uriah is, he goes forward and dies because of David. The wickedness of David is mind-boggling. How can that man be a man after God's own heart? That's wicked. The Nathan the prophet came to him and said, You are the man, David. You're the man. You had all these sheep, but had a guest come in town. And you hopped over the fence and grabbed a sheep, a, a pet from someone's home. And, and fed your guests with that. Tell me who it is. I'll kill him. 
Thou art the man. David was wicked. David was sinful. David's heart was far from God. But when that preacher pointed his finger in his face, something happened to David. David began to weep. You can read it. David said, restore the joy of my salvation. But then he said something, Lord created me, something that is not in me. Maybe David was saying, I, could, I can't believe I was this wicked. I can't believe I had this kind of an attitude. I can't believe I let myself go. God, you've got to create in something in me that does not exist. And I want to tell you, that prayer can be prayed today. And God can come into your life and bring something that you cannot do on your own. Does anybody here today need God to create something in you? Come on, pastors, you can have revival in your church. It can start right now. Come on, there can be miracle signs and wonder in your church. Come on, God can give you a new burst of Holy Ghost energy. It can happen. Does anybody need something created in their life? You need it now. You don't need it tomorrow. I want to tell you, just by coming up here today, we're saying, God, I need you to create something in me. It's not that. Does anybody need God today? I'm not saying that you're far from God. I'm just saying I need something from God today that I recognize is not in me right now. God, Elohim, all-powerful creator, can do it right now. Come on, these altars are open. Why don't you grab somebody's hand and bring them to the altar? Say, come on, let's pray together. Come on, let's believe together. Come on, let's trust together. Come on, God can do it. If you'll begin to reach out to God right now, God can do it. Come on, these people, come on, people are believing God right now. Will you come? Will you reach for God right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There it is. God is creating right now. God is bringing it to pass right now. Come on, pray that prayer right now. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my unfaithfulness, Lord. Forgive me of my attitude, Lord. Come on, now's not the time to withdraw. Now's the time to engage. Come on, God wants to repurpose in your life. Maybe you feel like something was taken away from you, but God is going to open the door for something new. A repurposing of your life or your ministry. Oh, yes, God can do it. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, God can fill you with this spirit right now. Hallelujah. Come on, Elohim's here. All powerful creators here. Oh, if you draw near to him, the Bible says he will draw nigh to you. Come on, receive you the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I worship you. I worship you.